Gang, since they opened in 2012, I've been talking about the amazing rehearsal spaces and fabulous recording studio at Space Rehearsal and Recording here in Austin. Well, gang, Space has upped their game over the last couple of years and added a couple of new factions. One is a video production studio. Space ATX has taken the major leap forward in their evolution to serve Austin's music community with their new video production department. They're now offering professional video production for bands, live streaming, live sessions, podcasts, and just about anything you can imagine. They've also added a creator studio. Maybe you want to take your TikTok or YouTube videos to the next level, or it's time to stop using your cell phone pics for all of your PR photos. Their newest production room is waiting for you. You can also book their in-house video or photography services or bring a freelancer to get the job done yourself. That's space, rehearsal, and recording located just a few short miles south of downtown Austin. They now offer rehearsal studios, audio recording, video production, a creator studio, and more. Go to spaceatx.com to find out more. And take the talent train from Schmoesville to ProTown with space, rehearsal, recording, and video production. Let's get down. Hey, gang, I want to make a quick announcement. Since we started this podcast in 2011, only the last 20 episodes have been available on the streaming services. You had to go back to the Podbean app or to the website, howdidigethere.podbean.com, to access past the 20, last 20 episodes. Well, gang, big surprise. As of now, the last 100 episodes are available on all streaming sites. That includes the From the Vault episodes. All of the episodes, the last 100 episodes from this episode back are available now on all streaming services, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast. Go there. Whichever one you're subscribed to, whichever one you use the most, go subscribe to How Did I Get Here. Follow us, rate us, leave us a comment if you can, and, uh, and check out the episodes, man. Get out there and enjoy the last 100 episodes of How Did I Get Here on your favorite streaming services. Let's get down. I'm your host. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys have all had a good weekend, whatever it is you did this weekend. I want to thank everyone that reached out. Wish me a happy birthday. This was my birthday weekend this last weekend. So I want to thank you guys for all the people that reached out and said happy birthday. Thank you so much. Means a lot to me. I had a great birthday weekend. Started out on Thursday by uh, meeting my girlfriend Jenny out in the back of the Howler Brothers store on Congress to watch a very special set by Leon III that was being filmed. I think they were also going through it because they performed at, uh, at ACL Festival on Sunday. Maybe if you saw that, let me know how, how that was. Because the show on Thursday night was fucking great, man. They were on fire. They were into it. They sounded great. Um, they were filming it for something. I don't know exactly what it was. And then Jenny was working ACL for the weekend, so she dropped me off over at Mohawk, where I saw Boer, uh, which I'll tell you about in just a second, Trumpeter Swan and, uh, and, and St. Loretto. Great fucking bands. All great bands. St. Loretto, first time I ever saw them, was blown away. Trumpeter Swan, first time I ever saw them. But they've been on hiatus for a few years. They were on the podcast many, many years ago. And Boer, featuring my dear friend Michael Boer, Aaron Sinclair, who I just did that show with over at Quackenbush's. And uh, 
Man, what an amazing show. Michael Brewer is an amazing songwriter, is an amazing performer. The band was absolutely fucking fantastic. It's super emotional. It feels super cathartic. There's like a punk rock uh, ethos and, and, and vibe to the show. But then these amazingly well-crafted and just amazing soulful songs coming out of this beautiful dude, Michael Brewer. Get out there and see Brewer whenever you can. They're an amazing band. Amazing. And I know they're starting to play out again and do all kinds of stuff. Uh, then Friday, I kind of took it easy. And on Saturday, which it was my birthday, uh, was a beautiful day here in Austin. Like a, 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 the highs were low, baby. And, uh, and the humidity was gone. And it was breezy. And I had the windows open all day and just enjoyed it with my doggy Rosie. Then I headed to, uh, to drop her off at my cousin's house. And my cousin Emily had made me some cupcakes for my birthday, which was really sweet. And, uh, and then I drove to San Antonio to play a show with Skyrocket at Sam's Burger Joint. Fucking great show. First of all, Trish made little cakes for everyone. So I, <laughs> I had all kinds of sweets to eat on Sunday. I'll tell you that right now. Um, but delicious chocolate cake she made. Unbelievable. She made little personal cakes for everyone. It was nice. Everyone there has, a, has a, not everyone, but there's like four of us that have birthdays within like three weeks or a month of each other. So they're all kind of happening. It first starts with Paul English, then me, then Darren, then, then Benjamin. Four of us with birthdays, just back to back. So she, we did a little celebration of everyone. Everyone wished me a bir- happy birthday on stage. Uh, I thought we played a really great show. It was a really fun show. San Antonio is a fun town to play. Uh, saw a lot of the regulars that we get to see. They were all, it's always great to see their faces. And, uh, and Sunday, my cousin Emily brought Rosie back to me. I just hung out all day, enjoyed the weather outside, and, uh, and just kind of chilled out. So that was my weekend. Gang, I have a great big show for you today. I do have a great big show for you today. Singer-songwriter Joe James has a brand new record out called Found My Way. Unbelievable record. Not only that, he's had a pretty pretty intense few years. And I like he's rediscovered his faith. Hence the title, Found My Way. And uh, and he put out this great record back in September, played a great release show in uh, at Antone's. And, and we have an amazing conversation about, uh, about life, about music, about songwriting, and a, a lot about faith and, and how faith plays into his life and into this record and into every song of this record. Amazing conversation. But before we talk to Joe James, we talk to my dear old friend, Sarah Rucker, whose company Full Gallop Presents is having a great event on Sunday, October 22nd, that's this Sunday, October 22nd, from 6 to 9, Oktoberfest, Texas style, Sunday, October 22nd, 6 to 9 p.m. at Devil's Backbone Tavern in Fisher, Texas, featuring the music of Isaac Claus and the Lederhosen Junkies and Los Tex Maniacs. Uh, it, you can find, get tickets and get all kinds of stuff, uh, find out all about it by going to devilsbackbonetavern.com. Sarah and I have been friends for years, many years. And uh, she worked for Clifford Antone and, uh, and, and started getting an interest in traditional American music and then ended up working uh, uh, for Texas Folklife for a long time. And now she started her own, her own event production company called Full Gallop Presents. You can find them at fullgalloppresents.com. You can get tickets for this event at devilsbackbonetavern.com. That's uh, Oktoberfest, Texas style. Sunday, October 22nd, 6 to 9 at Devil's Backbone Tavern. All ages are welcome. Uh, Sarah and I have a great conversation about the event. It's pretty quick. And then we'll talk to Joe James. So before we talk to Joe James, this is my friend Sarah Rucker uh, from Full Gallop Presents. Let's get down. 
So, Sarah Rucker, my old friend. We've been friends for a long time. However, this is one thing I've noticed about you, is you're not aging. The rest of the world is aging around you. Oh, come you. on. No, 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 oh, seriously. Boy. I, I uh, have perfected the Zoom lighting in this room, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you, you've started a, a company, and you're putting on your first big event on your own. This is Full Gallop Presents is the name of the company. Full Gallop Presents Oktoberfest, Texas style, Sunday, October 22nd. That'll be this Sunday from 6 to 9, uh, featuring uh, at the, sorry, at Devil's Backbone Tavern in Fisher, Texas. All ages are welcome. You have a general admission price, and people can find that out by going to fullgallopparts.com. Is that where they get the tickets? Um, actually, devilsbackbonetavern.com. That's the fastest way to get Perfect. tickets. Um, tell me about what, why did you choose Devil's Backbone Tavern? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and just real quick, I started Full Gallop in 2015 okay. and have just been working with amazing people since then. So Full Gallop, Full Gallop Presents is my first event series of my own events. And um, this uh, Sunday's event, um, I, I chose Devil's Backbone um, because it, is situated in a part of Texas that um, is kind of perfect for the history of celebrating Oktoberfest. Yes. And um, there's a lot of uh, German immigration into that part of the state. And then what I'm doing with um, my show, Oktoberfest Texas Style, is showing the, um, the way the accordion was brought in by Europeans and um, both German uh, immigrants and um, Mexican Americans um, took it up and and invented conjunto music. So yeah. you'll be hearing pol- polkas in English and Spanish. Well, polkas in German, perhaps too. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, oh, they sometimes sing in German. Yeah. Los Tex Maniacs. They they do stuff in English and in Spanish. They do English and Spanish. Awesome. Yeah. Mostly Spanish, probably. And also Isaac Klaus and the Lederhosen Junkies will be playing as well. You can go to devilsbackbonetavern.com to find out. So in, in, your, in, in your travels and in your journey uh, to this place that you're at now, uh, you've spent a lot of time in this sort of like indigenous Texas music. Like the, is that the right word to use? Indigenous? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, yes, you could, especially conjunto music was um developed in, in Texas, um, on what is now Texas land. So, um, in the late 1800s. Um, so, um, yeah, I've just kind of, um, gotten into the niche of the music business, which is kind of some people call the folk genres. Some people call traditional music. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I even consider it world music because world music doesn't have to be outside of the correct United States. Right. So. Yeah. You know who I had on the show? Do you know that Puto Mayo Records? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had the guy that, that owned that on the show. He's a really interesting oh, yeah. cat. He, he's very cool. I've met him at um, conferences and stuff. Yeah, he seems like a really, really nice. He was nice on the on the Zoom that I had with him. And a, a fun guy to talk to. Also, do, do Yeah, you, I mean, that's it. Do, do you... Um, sorry. In this, you've been putting on like accordion festivals and you've been part of this for years and years, right? Since 2015 or even before, right? Before then, yeah. I worked for Texas Folk Life, a, a statewide nonprofit. I worked for them for eight years Correct. after working for Clifford Antone and all the stuff that um, 
you know about me. Um, and so I was doing blues music with Clifford Anton, which is traditional, and then went to work for Texas Folklife and started into these accordion genres. I've always loved some music and always loved Zydeco music. Um, and uh, that's some of the genres that I um, fell into producing and promoting. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because uh, did your did your work at Texas Folklife kind of inform what it was that you wanted to do when you went out on your own is to sort of like keep these traditional musics alive? Because it's hard to do. Oh, for sure. I mean, and, and like like I said, I mean, I had a great start to my career with Clifford Anton and what he um, what he stood for with trying to preserve the blues. So that too, but um, everything I learned at Texas Folklife, um, which was mostly um, community engagement and um, really, you know, going into cultures that I was not born into, but um, just showing that I, I really wanted to help um, preserve the history and um, keep it alive. Like you said. Yeah. And it, um, so this being your first, you were saying that you have some other other events coming up are they also what are they based in well um the first few events i have um will sound a little bit all over the place but um i guess my um the the thing that brings it together as far as my mission through full gallop presents series is um just a tie to community and a tie to promoting people that um are have barriers against them for a number of reasons. So um, I have this Oktoberfest Texas style with polka and conjunto music, um, very like Texas based. Um, and then on November 1st, I have uh, an event at Butterfly Bar um, in East Austin um, called Monarchs and on Mainer. And it's, <laughs> it's kind of around like the um, butterfly migration, but oh, awesome. um, we'll have some, We'll have some live music that's bringing in the Mexican traditions of Dia de los Muertos and how the monarch migration is a big part of that tradition um, and just some kids' activities and things to learn more. Um, because the Butterfly Bar, I don't know if you've been there. I've never um, been it's there. Part of, it's really cool. I, I love that venue. Um, it's part of the Vortex Theater Complex. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and so they have a bar inside, and, and then they have an amazing Italian food, uh, um, food truck outside. And just a really like relaxing outdoor vibe um, and a stage and everything. And so, um, but they actually have a, a monarch, they have a butterfly um, kind of sanctuary. And um, my, my friend Alex Cogburn, um, we actually went to college together and he kind of helped preserve that. They have milkweed and all sorts of, I mean, he knows all oh, the plants, wow. all of the, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's just something, it's, it's part of this citywide thing called Roots and Wings Festival. And when I learned about that festival, I thought, oh, my God, Butterfly Bar has this um, butterfly sanctuary that really nobody, I don't think many people know about it. They just go to have a good time and, you know, but um, so that's coming up November 1st. Um, And then uh, in December, I um, have the honor of presenting a a world-renowned drag artist. Um, also at the at the Vortex Theater, um, Tammy Brown, who was in the first uh, season of RuPaul's Drag Race, and she is a very old friend of mine. We went to school together as well, and so um, I happened to reconnect, and she was interested in performing in Texas again because of everything that's going on sure. with, with drag performance and just trying to, you know, um, 
represent as a native Texan herself. And um, that'll be December 22nd and 23rd at the Vortex. Awesome. Um, it's called Holiday Sparkle. It's a holiday themed um, show. And she'll have, I believe she'll have local drag artist Cynthia Lee Fontaine, who's, I mean, they're, they're both very famous. So <laughs> it's yeah. exciting to help present them. I don't know that world very well, but I'll tell you over the last year, I've been motivated to, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people like uh, James McMurtry's doing these shows in drag and Betty Sue's dressing like a dude. <laughs> what, what are the consequences of like, what happens on, on December 22nd or 23rd if, you, if the authorities catch wind of your, uh, of your salacious uh, well, event? <laughs> well, luckily the proposed SB 12, um, the, <laughs> Our state government um, tried to ban um, drag performance for um, anyone under 18 to attend. Um, the ACLU um, sued the state, and the Vortex Theater was actually part of a, lo- a pending lawsuit that if the ACLU w- were not to win, that they would go into court, oh. um, which is just amazing that the Vortex stood up as an independent venue to go against the state of Texas. Right. Because... Um, if that would have got gone through, it would have really just hurt venues, yeah. <laughs> which is why would you want to put more pressure on venues? Like it just would have, you know, restaurants that have, um, drag brunches and things like that to, to shut it, to say that it can't be all ages anymore. They were losing, you know, perhaps like at least 20% of your food sales because people yeah. are bringing their family. Um, so anyway, the ACLU won. So good. Uh, that just came out, um, I think, a couple weeks ago. That, so we we should be all okay. Yeah. Otherwise, we were gonna have to put eighteen and up, which it still just right. kind of sucks. I mean, my nephew is a huge fan of drag performance, and he's you know fifteen going on sixteen. So, like, you have to sneak him through the back door. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting when, like, the relief I got when you said that the uh, that that the ACLU won that that case. The the world is 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 tension is so high and it, it's so intense now and and uh, insanity is so pervasive in our daily lives like people are saying crazy things and being taken seriously that like whenever somebody says something like oh no there's still that's a same thing happened I'm like oh god thank God we haven't gotten to the end <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> yeah there's just so many things being thrown at us but more more importantly like more vulnerable way more vulnerable yes yeah yeah well it's yeah it is good news it's a lot yeah so that takes place uh december 22nd 23rd at the vortex at the holiday sparkle event um yeah tickets will go on sale soon for that okay um there was something else i wanted to talk to you did you do uh uh one of those grants from the city yeah, that, thank you for bringing that up. So this was, um, you know, again, as I worked for Texas Book Life and then um, eventually went out on my own, um, I had some of these ideas um, and just couldn't find a place to put them and couldn't find the funding. And so the City of Austin Music Office um, specifically put out a grant for the first time that was for not only musicians, but independent promoters. And so that, and I did not have to have a nonprofit status. So all of those things were huge because I didn't have to go find a nonprofit to sponsor me. And I didn't have to be a performer myself, um, which is just nice to, um, to have, 
just to have people understand what I do as an event producer. And, um, I don't really call myself a promoter, but you know, I have, again, I have these creative ideas, but I'm not the performer myself. And um, so, um, yeah, so I got funding with that grant program and that's what's helping me do, um, Oktoberfest event and the, um, holiday sparkle event. That's amazing. Um, I had Erica Shamley on the show when they did those grants just to kind of like have someone explain it because I didn't really understand it, you know? And at that point, I was still doing stuff with Austin Music Foundation. And I was getting like emails and calls from people going like, what is this? And I'd be like, I don't really know. So the one of the things that I, yeah. I found amazing, and I know that you've been doing this, you've been in this space for a long time putting on events, but that they, they kind of help you uh, make it profitable. Like, right? Yeah, you, that's you have another, them kind yeah, of that's as mentors through this process, right? Yeah, but um, the, the profitable part is um, a big piece because most grants, or at least, um, you know, when in my nonprofit days, um, they used to w- want you to write a budget for a grant uh, application and have it zero out. They wanted you to show, because especially for nonprofit organizations, you're not supposed to be right. making a lot of money. But so this one has, you know, when you applied for this um, music grant, um, it had like, how much are you going to make on ticket sales? Cool. And that was just, it. It's just yeah. like, just tell us what you expect. It's, they're not going to take it from me. They're not going to, you know, or anything like that. And so um, that was a, um, like a relief and some freedom on my part because I can work with Devil's Backbone and I can work with the artists and get everybody paid. You know, I, I don't have to do it for zero or negative which a lot of event producers, if they want to have their own series, um, which I know some colleagues in, in town do, they just take it out of what they've made on the other gigs, you know? Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't want to do that. I've been waiting this long because I didn't want to go in the hole. I, my savings is for <laughs> my, my life and my family. So yeah, <clears throat> That's yeah amazing. It's, it's a really big deal. And I appreciate the music office. Um, it's the first time they're doing it. And I actually spoke at the music, uh, commission meeting um a couple weeks ago because um i just kind of wanted to understand the process better and and erica's been great and the staff there is awesome but um i know that like you said it was confusing at first and it's hard it's not easy to apply for a grant even if they try to make it easier so right but they they are yeah a great group of people i don't think it was confusing for normal people but there's that sort of thing where like i my friend howard uh is a comedian has been in show business for a long time. And he used to live here in Austin. And he was saying one time he was talking about people in show business are like handicapped in a way that normal people aren't. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, have you ever watched a musician fill fill out an application for something? (laughs) And I was like, no, but I've done it. And it takes me like 10 times longer than anybody else. He's like, we're just not those kind of people. (laughs) It's tough. It so that's a, why I yeah, thought it needed explanation because it, it was in depth and, and it was very specific too. It wasn't like go make a, a record or something. It was like specifically for events, right? Well, no, actually. <laughs> and so that's, that's a, you know, a point of improvement perhaps for their future grant applications because they have a, a, a good pot of money from <clears throat> tourism, you know, uh, in the right. city to give future grants, but, um, it could be for a grant uh, for, um, a recording project. Right. It was just project based. So I think that there was oh, right. a little bit of, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's correct. So it was, 
open to me as an event producer, which was great because I hadn't seen that before, but it was actually open to musicians that wanted to record too. So. Or present or, you know, put on their own shows. I also have to applaud them because it's one of those things where they're teaching you how to make money. It's like a teach a man to fish kind of thing that I, I was always yeah, hoping I think, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully like you'll glean something from these events and your further ones would maybe be more successful because of what you got to learn in this experience. Yeah. I, I'm very appreciative and it gave me like the, um, it took a little sweat off my brow to, yeah, to sure. dive in to, um, to, you know, pay, like I said, getting everybody paid and making, making it right. So I'm excited for this first one coming up. Well, I'm really excited for you. I've known you for so long since before you were in the thing, you were helping like sell merch at Bob Schneider shows. And like yeah. now, you know, you've literally worked your way up to event producer with your own company. And I'm really, uh, not to sound weird or condescending, but I'm I'm very proud of you. Like I'm I'm always like, oh, Sarah, look at her go. I I appreciate that, friends. Yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 hard, you know. To you've been doing your own thing for many years, and uh, it doesn't mean that the confidence is always there every day when <laughs> no, you wake up. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, experience doesn't always equate our confidence, but, um, but friends and support do. Yeah. I, uh, oh shoot. I don't think Jenny will be in town on, on Sunday, but I'm, I might come out. Maybe I'll bring my cousin Emily or something. It, it's going to be fun. I mean, I just learned, I, I did a bike visit, uh, so to speak, um, dropped off some flyers and stuff. And I did not know that the place was haunted. So that's fun. Um, <laughs> and, um, it's um, it's cash only, which is super old school. But I have <laughs> I'm gonna be I know they have an ATM, and I'm gonna be taking cards for tickets. So um, we're making it a little bit into the 21st century there. But um, everything you're saying though is so on brand with Robin Ludwig. You know, I mean? it like, is amazing. They it's have haunted. A they only they, they only take cash. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're just keeping it the way it was, and there's yeah. still some regulars from back in the day, and um, or whenever they were last operating before uh, the Ludwigs bought it. But when I walked in, they were putting um, Charlie's um, CDs on the jukebox, so oh, that good. was just so cool to see. I mean, it's, it's such a family operation, and their family is is legendary, and of course, in their own right, in the state, um, Robin and Lunch Lunch Me, but Charlie and Bruce and the whole. Oh, the yeah. whole family. So, um, it's going to be fun. And I feel like it's, it's, it's like 40 miles south of Austin. So it's, um, um, you know, right outside of Wimberley and it's like halfway between San Antonio and Austin. So I also felt like, you know, Texmaniacs are from San Antonio and a lot of people hopefully will come from Austin. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations. This is Full Gallop Presents Oktoberfest Texas Style Sunday, October 22nd, 6 to 9 p.m. at Devil's Backbone Tavern in Fisher, Texas. Go to devilsbackbonetavern.com for tickets. You will get to see uh, Isaac Klaus and the Lederhosen Junkies, Los, Tex Los Tex Maniacs, and also bring your dancing shoes and get ready to polka. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, congratulations, yeah. Sarah. Thank you so much. Thanks right. for having me. Good luck. No problem. I love Sarah Rucker. Always great to talk to her. She's so fantastic, man. I'm so lucky to get to be in a band with her husband who's also fantastic. 
Oh, Sarah Rucker, man. Don't forget, Full Gallop presents Oktoberfest, Texas style, this Sunday, October 22nd, 6 to 9 p.m. at Devil's Backbone Tavern in Fisher, Texas. Go to devilsbackbonetavern.com for all of your Oktoberfest, Texas style needs. All right? I want to thank Sarah for doing the show. Go to fullgallopresents.com to find out what else they're doing. Okay? All right, gang. Let's talk to singer-songwriter Joe James, whose brand new record, Found My Way is available now wherever it is you stream and download music. Now, we have a really great conversation. His last offering was an EP in 2020 called Back Home that he wrote when his wife took ill. We have a great conversation about that. It's uh, how grateful he was to have her back. And, and, and then they went through 2020. Then he went through personal issues. Then he started reconnecting with his faith. And... Hence the album title, Found My Way, He Has Found His Way. We have a really great conversation about his journey as an artist and as a human being, which are extremely intertwined. And, uh, of course, about faith and about music. You can see my friend Joe James playing on December 8th at the Saxon Pub with Dave Scher. All of your Joe James needs can be satiated at joejamesmusic.com. Uh, Joe James is a great guy. I'm really, really glad I got to talk to him. This record's fantastic, man. You should check it out. Not only is it, uh, it are the songs great and his performances are great and, and just being able to, to breathe new life into a blues funk style of music. You know what I mean? Breathing new life. It, it, it's a traditional style of music, a music that isn't like brand new or anything like that. But he's breathing new life in it. Uh, it was produced by Eli Mendez and recorded at Cedar Creek Studio my friend Andre Moran's place, and it was engineered by my dear friend Andre, Andre Moran, features a great, great uh, cast of characters, not just uh, Joe James playing guitar and piano, but also Eli Mendez playing bass, the producer, and uh, Tony Econom playing drums, and the great John Dees playing keyboards. This record's great. Found my way. Get out there and check it out. And uh, Joe, Joe and I have a really, really great conversation. This is one of my favorite conversations I've had in a while. I love it when you go deep and you talk about life. I think there's a lot to connect with in this conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. So that without further ado, this is me and Joe James chatting it up. Let's get down. Baby, what you got yourself into? Well, it don't look good to me And every turn is against you Say, baby, won't you come and see Yeah, yeah, yeah So come on down to the river, baby Let the water soothe your soul So come on you were getting a little comfortable with my guitar. I was like, am I going to have to like pry that from his cold dead yeah, hands when he leaves? I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, dude, this record found my way is amazing. It's oh, great. And there's a, there's, I've seen you've done some, uh, uh, you did my friend Bobby Sheeran's show. Oh yeah, Bobby. Him, the Cobra cast. Uh-huh. I love that guy. Yeah, me too. And, um, and going through your stuff, I noticed that you reached out a few years ago to me on Instagram. Yeah, because I was like, oh, it's like I gotta get this Joe James guy on. So I'm like, I don't know how to find him. I'll find him on Instagram. And I went to the Instagram, and there's there were these messages from before. Well, from how long ago? Uh, like when you were putting out the uh, Back to Home. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, 2020. Yeah. Yeah, during the lockdown. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think you, I don't think you knew what this was because you asked me to play a song from it, and I was like, this is this mm-hmm. is an interview show. Okay. Yeah. And you're like, okay, later. 
Okay, bye. But um, this record's uh, this record found my way. It's it's gorgeous, and you you're oh, like thanks, uh, there's a there's a certain element of of like Austin that to me uh, has kind of slid away, and that's sort of like this like uh, the funk and blues based band. Mm. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. And totally. you you do it like and but you're it's it's not I don't know how to say this. It's not like. Oh, he's got that awesome. But there's that mu- that music informs this record a uh, lot. Well, that means a lot, to me. man. Yeah, I mean, it, it does mean a lot. I'm I'm huge on the. I think with the funk element and and that that rhythm funk type of thing. I'm a, I I started playing uh, bass when I was eight. My dad's a bass player, and drums when I was ten. So th- those were my first instruments. So I'm in love with that like the rhythm section. So a lot of that, like a lot of that real deep pocket of, 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 uh, this album, um, comes from that, you know, it comes, comes from me being kind of a stickler, stickler of, of, uh, the pocket and that rhythm and that funk and that soul. It feels so good. What's the opening song? Um, uh, down to the river, down to the river. Mm -hmm. That, that, yeah, that's funky shit. Oh man. Thanks. Yeah. It's this album. I, I tell everyone that, uh, when I was explaining to the producer and also uh, audio engineer about like what what do you want this album to sound like, and um, I can't get really technical, but I could tell I could tell you in in you know in in Joe James terms of like what what I wanted to sound like. So I'm like I want it to sound like uh, an old gritty blues club on a Saturday night, like us sweating blood, sweat and tears, and then on a and then a gospel church on a Sunday morning. I want the two of those sonic sounds to marry. And fortunately, uh, the guys I'm working with are great. So they're like, okay, yeah, yeah we know exactly what you're talking about. And so sonically, they, they, they capture that sound. Andre's is, a great friend of mine. I love uh, I Andre's love awesome, yeah. man. And he's just so fun to work with. Um, and a funny story about, about um, trying to, to, when we were shopping around for a studio, I wanted everything to mean something uh, with this record. Uh, and... Like the lyrics, they have a deep meaning. Uh, the the people I have involved, deep meaning, and I'm and and even the album art, it all means something. I didn't want to just throw something together. Thanks um, for the vinyl, by the way. Yeah, of course. I was man. hoping I would get. I really do love this album cover. Uh, I actually even wrote. I never write this down, but uh, uh, hold on, I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, Spencer Robes designs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. Sorry. Thanks, man. No, you're good. Uh, and we went to a few places in, in Cedar Creek Studio. We that was the last place, and we pull up, and and I'm like, uh, is this the right spot? You know, because how looks, do these people get so much land? It's just like, and it looks. I mean, there was like there's weeds and there's yeah. like an old barn. And I'm like, are we gonna get killed out here? Uh, and then, so I text Andre, and I'm like, I think we're here. And he's like, Yeah, you're here. <laughs> and so we walk in. And I'm like, Oh, this is it, man. This yeah. is like this. It, it feel it felt like home. It felt lived in. It had it, it had scars on the outside, but it was just. It was so much life on the inside, and I was like, "That's that's a, my testimony. That's a story of my life." Like, you know, the the scars um, are just a reminder for me that I, I've I've made it. I survived all of those things in the past, and that's what the studio felt like walking into it. And I'm, wow, I was like, "Man, we're recording here." It was like instantly before it even played us anything. Wow, yeah. Thank God it sounded good, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did listen. That could have been a. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, there's a. Uh, uh, in getting into this, I, I guess we'll just get into it because I, right. I, I'm fascinated with this sort of thing because I am I'm not void of faith, mm-hmm. but I'm void of faith. <laughs> sure, yeah, right. <laughs> um, and and I I see people. You you know Natalie Price? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like somebody like Natalie Price, Love I've had her. this conversation, like deep long conversations with her. She's obviously somebody who has faith, right? And even in in conversations that we've had on here, so I'm not like outing her in any way. Sure. That in uh, even looking for a partner right. in life, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things is that that person hold dear the same faith that she does, right? Right. Correct. Yeah. Um. And there's, uh, you reached out to me uh, in in 2020 to come on the show and your wife had been through some kind of illness mm-hmm. and you basically made a record in tribute to her Correct. making it through. Right. If yep. I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yep. That was the, the back home uh, record was, was uh, for, for her. Um, she fell ill to she, uh, a, a disease called Crohn's and, and colitis. Uh-huh. Um, Crohn's disease and she's had that for a while she had a terrible flare-up which like almost took her life yeah yeah it's awful and so um she at the end of 2019 she she was in really bad shape and so of course as a songwriter the way I, I I coped was to write stuff down so I was I was writing these songs and had enough for an album uh, and ended up releasing it uh, in 2020. We were we weren't sure if we were going to. But I was like, this is the perfect time. It's an it's a, an album, uh, you know, about healing. about healing, about you know, getting through a tough time. And so I was like, I'll re- we'll release it, and it did really well. Uh, it was like top ten in the blues charts. It was like it, it, it did well during that time. Um, but yeah, that was that was one thing for us. That was it was like the most hardest. Uh, well one of the the most hardest things we we've ever faced but yeah i wrote that the whole entire album is a, is a is dedicated to her and in in her just being a powerhouse of a human being you know um kind of making it through that that extremely uh tough time you know yeah yeah so um so you you grew up playing in the church mhm your dad was a bass player. He wasn't like a preacher or something. Oh well, yes, he was a preacher. Oh, he was. Oh okay. yeah, he um, he 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 did the whole eighties thing on on Hollywood Boulevard. You know, like that. He was. Oh, that yeah, hair was, band. Yeah, yeah, he was in a hair band. He, he was a bass player and in in, <laughs> in the eighties. <80s>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was fun. And then uh, he was in a few bands growing up, but he he um. He became a pastor, and so that was the majority of my life was knowing him as as a pastor. Him and, and my uncle were both pastors at the same church. Was that a response to sort of the life of this vapid sort of like uh, strip clubs and and drinking all night and Possibly. and and you know partying yeah. your ass off and sort of like trying to be famous and wearing women's clothes, <laughs> and makeup and stuff. And makeup. Uh, uh, possibly. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they had some type of transformation. I know um, hearing who they were because they were they were really rough around the edges. My dad's a, a, a twin. He has a twin brother um, who unfortunately passed away. Oh, but sorry. no, yeah, it's but he uh, he they were completely different in in the sense of like they 
they uh they they fought they were like fighters you know even though they were dressed up in that certain way they were like rough around the oh, yeah, yeah yeah those people are crazy yeah um <laughs> those people are nuts man you gotta learn how to fight when you're walking when you're down just, the street yeah. dressed like that dude yeah. that's i hear that story about like nikki six and in like lars like yeah yeah yeah, yeah and nikki six goes yeah. running with yeah. his like Huge heels, like running after Lars. He probably would have kicked Lars' ass. Where is that, what is that story from? Is it a Lars story? Yeah, Lars was telling it. He was like, he was like, there, there was one time we saw Motley Crue, and he was like, and we we uh, we out some derogatory thing to him, <laughs> and Nikki Six just comes chasing after him, you know, in his big old heels. Like, I was like, can you imagine if he caught him? <laughs> well, those guys are crazy, but they had some some type of you know awakening, and and they found found God, and they turned their whole entire life around. And so that's not when, Molly Crew, your dad. No, no, yeah, brother. not Molly yeah. Crew. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> no, they have no, it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I follow Tommy Lee. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, but yeah, he's he he became a pastor, and I grew up playing songs, uh, playing drums in the church. Actually, okay. I was a drummer for uh, his his fellowship for like ten years. What kind of stuff were you playing? Like like Christian, what someone would think is Christian music. Oh, right. Yeah. Like my, uplifting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So worship music. And, yeah. uh, my dad also, cause that church was a little different. They would take like, you know, uh, secular songs and then they would, would like rewrite the lyrics to be Christian. Sure. So we would play like, you know, Tom Petty songs or whatever. Oh, that's so, cool. so the music was really fun. Uh, the lyrics are cheesy because I'm I'm a I'm a song I'm yeah yeah I yeah. love songs yeah. so I'm like why are you ruining the lyrics to this song <laughs> right well you also have that thing like you too where you can describe your faith and 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 your faith can influence your lyrics right without it being like uh he won't back down instead of I won't back you know what I yeah, mean yeah yeah you know like kind of it, how how kind of like no offense against anybody who who. Who likes this? But there is a certain level of cheesiness to Christian music oh, that, that is palpable. Man. And I think, and and to me, I I just want to be authentic. Yeah. Uh, in in my belief and my faith, you know, and this is the way I believe God gifted me with this. I'm not I'm not gonna try to. If I'm having a hard day, I'm gonna write about it. You know, if I'm if if I how I feel, I'm gonna write it that way. It's not always encouraging, and that's the the thing is like, yes, I have this faith in God, and um, but life still sucks sometimes. So I'm gonna write like that. You know, I'm gonna write that way. I'm gonna write real. And I think a lot of times in in um, in Christian music or or whatever, they they end up writing a message, a message, and it's almost like yeah. you, you know, it's almost just specifically for uh, this bubble, you know, congregation, yeah, it, you right. and like yeah. no one else can can get anything from it. And I think that's a waste because I think pe- people should be able to to pull from that. And so that's why with this album, it, it, there's this song, the all of these songs are my. Um, offering to God and uh but they're very real and they're very raw and they're very my life and my scars and what I've been through and the hope that I found um but I yeah I never I just can't write that way and I I a friend of mine when um when I came back to to faith uh my friend Josh Lopez I I I stepped away from music I went through a very dark time and I started listening to worship music, which was, which was very encouraging, you know. Um, but I, I started listening to this worship music. I was, and, and it started to influence my my writing, you know. Right. right. 
And so I had started writing that way. And he was like, and this is another Christian guy tells me, no, don't write that way. Right, right. Like write the way you write. Right. Like the, how you've been writing, write that way. Right. And I'm like, you could do that? And he's like, of course you could do that, man. Like just write how you write. And I was like, oh. So that was a huge kind of, you know, eye opener for me of like, oh, I can just be my myself and write this way, you know? It's, I got to tell you, it's, it's really, it's, it's natural. It's inspiring on that. Hey, 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 dude, we're having a conversation about faith. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I see something. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a squirrel or something. Rosie, come on. Hey, but you had at some point, so you grew up with that. And mm-hmm. did you have faith as a kid? And like when you were eight and you were playing drums in the, or were you just kind of like doing, going through the motions of what I was your going, parents? Oh, sure. I yeah. was going through the motions. I, I believe 100% it was just going through uh, uh, the motions, you know, tra- tradition. Um, uh, that's, that's what it was for me. I, I didn't f- find, I didn't have a relationship with God until two and a half years ago, even though I grew up in the church and all of these, you know, I was influenced, uh, to do certain things or to maybe pray when this happens or whatever. Um, you weren't really connected. I wasn't connected okay, at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so, um, it, I had to find, I had to find my way, you know, and that's what that the album title is finding my, I had to find my my own yeah. way I had to find my relationship because it's not my dad's relationship or yeah. my mom's or my sister's or brother's. It was, it's mine. Well then that, that makes sense then how sort of prevalent and how like the questions are on here. Cause like the, the lay it down song, yeah. this is like, you're, you're asking the questions. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%, <laughs> like yeah. you're, you're, and, and in, in found my way, there's a line in there that my faith took its time. And that's, I was trying to like kind of figure this out. Like, Mm-hmm. So I read the thing in your bio. There's just like one line. It informs what you do. And yeah. and uh, there's a thing. I actually wrote it down because I thought it was really beautiful and something that people should, something that makes me sad that uh, people that are supposed to have faith, right. which is what's turned me off to it, can be so hypocritical and whatever. Right. Uh, uh, but that your uh, your music is rooted in, in faith and you use the music to, uh, to bring hope and light to others. Uh, there's a lot more to it, mm-hmm. but that's essentially what I right. said. Mm-hmm. Paraphrase. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's the problem, you know, and it's unfortunate, but and, and those are, are, you know, I mean, it's, it's the majority, but not everybody, but that's what turns a lot of people off to the faith is you have these people who, who are a bit, um, can be a bit hypocritical in the sense of they, they're just in this little bubble and they, they, you know, they judge everyone around them. And, right. and for me, I'm like, I, I, I want to go out and I want to, I, like, I want to show them this living water and this breath of life and this, this beautiful thing that I found hope in and hopefully they can grab that and they yeah. can, you know, and, and that's what we are actually called to do as an ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven is to go out and, and, and be that light into the world. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we just get a lot of people, you know, um, you know, pointing fingers and, yeah. and, and uh, and judging others, you know, which I always just revert back to, to, you know, my best friend, my main man, Jesus, like what he did, like the woman at the well or the, the, uh, the woman caught in adultery, you know, he, yeah. you know, like we, we forget that this, he was just this, this beautiful man, uh, 
this God in human form come down showing you how to live, you know, and he didn't hang out with the religious people and no. he didn't hang out. He hung out with, he didn't even have a home, you know? Yeah. And, and the, the Pharisees came and they knocked at the door when he was sitting with the prostitutes and the tax collectors and all the deemed dirty people. Yeah. And they're asking, what are you doing? Why, why are you with them? If you claim to be God, if you claim to be somebody and, and he says, well, the well have no need of a physician. So I'm with the, the broken and the sick people. Yeah. Like you guys think you're all fine. Why would I hang out with you? Yeah. And that's the kind of same thing uh, that's happening today. It's like, you guys think you're fine. And, 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 and someone said this to me, which I thought was the, the craziest thing to, to ponder. But if, if Jesus were to walk amongst us today and come to your church, you would have to show the Jesus, how to have church? Yeah, he doesn't know. No, you're, you'd have to show the person that you you're claiming to worship how to have church. He'd be like, "What is the lights? And why are you guys like, like where's it? Like where's the broken? Where's the sick? And where's the people that need help? You know, why is it an eight year old drummer in the band? <laughs> <laughs> and why does the pastor have you know uh, a G wagon? You know, it's like so it, it's it's those things. You know. Um, but I don't want to hate on those people. But but no. that is the thing is like that's what turns a lot of people off is is because we get Western Christianity has turned into something. Uh, it's weaponized. That, that I'm not. Yeah, it's weaponized, and, that, and, it, and it says that in the biblical scripture that we 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 can will man will use the the Bible to do that. You know, to 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 weaponize scripture to to fit them. You know, mm-hmm. and that it's that's. It's not okay. We should we should be spreading, uh, you know, the love of, of God and, and the light and, and hope like this album does to, yeah. to the masses, you know? Yeah. So where'd you grow up? I like you, man. This is, you're, <laughs> Thanks, man. You're really cool. <laughs> Thank you. This is uh, like what I needed today. Good, man. Same here, man. I, I, this is what I needed too. Uh, I grew up in Southern California, um, born in Long Beach, California, moved to Riverside, California. Uh, and then my wife and I moved here about eight years ago, but we moved to, uh, to Temple, Texas, like up North because I have family up in Temple. Okay. Um, and then that was way too like yeah. country for me, sure, sure. And I was, you know, coming from like the Burbank and hanging out with all the LA cats doing sessions. And then I was like, so that's what you were Temple. doing out there. You were doing sessions. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing I was, guitar and writing for people. And um, like who, like uh, what were you doing? Which is, well, it's, Do you have it's a publishing kind of, deal. I I didn't know, but it was, it, we were working with like, it's weird to say, but like some of the, the Beverly Hills, like kids that wanted to make, you know, make it big. Guys that'll pay you to do the thing. had a lot yeah. of money and we would do that. So it <laughs> yeah. sounds kind of dirty. Yeah. But we it's would not do dirty. That. You got to make a living. I, I got to yeah. make money. They uh, want a record. So boom. exactly. Everybody so the, wins. Yeah, exactly. So we were doing a lot of that. Um, I wasn't doing my, my stuff too much. I was uh, kind of just working on other people playing guitar and bass for, for other people. And I'd go and jam a little bit, uh, you know, at a few clubs here and there, uh, you know, get a set together of some songs that I liked, some covers, maybe some few originals, but only it, when I got here to Austin is when I actually started like going for it, uh, as a solo artist, yeah, as Joe James. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was in a band. Uh, I, I joined a band called dirty good. Um, when I got here uh, to Texas and we toured all over Texas and, and then some, and that band ended up splitting up. Uh, I wish they would have 
kept going, but I, I, I was a lead singer and, and songwriter and, um, and I was like, you guys could keep the songs and like keep rocking and rolling, but they just split up because I went solo, but I think they're doing good. I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, now doing, uh, solo stuff and it's just been, it's been extremely gratifying, man. I, I love it. Is that here? No, no. Um, I'm trying to get in. I know someone trying to get in somewhere. Somewhere. Um, okay, so you, 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 what, what were you, what was your plan? Like, what were you doing? Like, what with your life? Were you going to be like a sideman, like a, a studio cat or like? Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't really have a plan. I was, I just knew I was going to play music for the rest of my life. I didn't have this like elaborate plan. Not like I do now. I'm very like, and that's that's all thanks to my wife. She's like extremely uh, structured strategies, and everything has to be like you know perfect. Uh, but yeah, I did. I was like, I'm gonna play music for the rest of my life. I'm gonna figure it all out, and however it goes. Uh, but I never like came up with this this plan. I watched the Beatles when I was, you know, eight years old, and watched the anthology, and I saw them on the rooftop doing their thing, and I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Like when I get older, yeah. uh, how can I figure out some way to make money doing that? Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Uh, and fortunately I did. <laughs> I had zero plan, but I went to musicians Institute okay. um, in Hollywood, California for guitar Institute of technology and for songwriting. GIT, baby. I know, man, I, I, I didn't graduate. I left, I started working. I, I started, you know, playing, you know, guitar and, 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 uh, and writing songs and just jumped into that whole scene. So I didn't finish college at all. Um, but yeah, man, I, I had no, I had no plan, which is crazy to think about now, but, uh, yeah, I just knew this is what it was. I was doing music for the rest of my life. Yeah. I just funny because to me, like it's difficult. Like, I mean, in, in my estimation, like the little dude in that picture with the, with the Fender Squire bullet, on the thing that's me at 14 oh, wow like i i was like well i'll be bono but like i also knew like musicians like my mom was friends with this right. guy mark hallman we we're talking about that used to own the congress house that andre worked oh, for and okay. all the gear at cedar cedar at, at uh cedar, cedar creek, creek yeah um and uh so i knew there was like a real sort of life but the thing is right. is it's difficult to to plan things because you're like okay, I, you're a person that's not in a band that's not on the stage playing. So right. your goal is, I just need to get on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you get switch positions from the audience guy to the stage guy. That takes so much work. Right, yeah. To pull really that does. switch off. Mm-hmm. And then once you get on there, you, you're like, okay, I'm on this stage. I need to get on that stage over. Like, yeah. it's all so, it's difficult to make. Like, a, like what's your five-year plan? Like, I don't know. I've got one six months where I'm trying to play at this place. You <laughs> yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Like I want to headline the mint and sell it out or whatever. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, that, exactly. That's what it was uh, during that time. I mean, now it's, 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 it's more put sure. together, but, um, cause I have a team and I've kind of built it up to, but I was very fortunate, man. I mean, you don't get me wrong. I worked my ass off, but like, I never had this like plan of like this is what i'm going to do or this is what i'm going to do i'm like i'm going to play music and whatever i need to do to get there and whoever i need to meet like i'm gonna i'm gonna i you know i need to work my butt off i know i need to work somehow so i would just i would go and 
you know, work at studios or I'd do this or I'd play in bands. And, and from that is where I started to really learn how things worked within, you know, the entertainment business and then just started to apply that to my right. career. I'm like, Oh, that's, I, I, her writer said this on it. No, she was working with that person. Oh, you have to have a manager or a tour manager to, Oh, you have to budget this stuff and you have to do that. And so I started on, you know, and in rehearsals and this and that, and, you know, you have to have a, you know, a, a musicians and what, what does all of this mean? So I'm like, I figured that out pretty quickly of like how, how to run this as a business, you know, it's not easy to learn that lesson. No, man. <laughs> no. Because, yeah. And, and I don't, and I'm not, I don't drink either. And I'm like, I'm a sober guy. And so my, I'm really focused on, on the, the, the brand and the business sure. and, 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 you know, and marketing and PR and, and all of that stuff to grow this thing. Um, and I know what it takes and I know it takes, uh, you know, uh, more people than me. And then I have a really good team around me that, that I trust and that are my friends and that, that help build this thing now. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really fortunate that it's gotten to this, this point, but I, I just, I was a sponge, I think. So I'd never had a plan, but I just absorbed if I saw things that were working for this artist and I'm like, Oh, that, that works for them. Oh, I'm going to try that. Like I'm going to try doing that or a musician like, Oh, he's doing this. And he called that person and he knows that guy. Should I know that guy? You know? And so it was, it was, it was a bit like that, you know? Um, did you drink at one point? Did oh, you yeah. have like a scene? Yeah, I did. Dude? Yeah. I partied like, I partied pretty hard, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was, I was in the party scene, especially in LA. Um, and a little bit out here, but, but yeah, I, um, but you were married when you moved out here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your wife, what does she do? She's a cosmetologist. She does hair. She's actually starting her own business. She's uh, been in the business for like 14 years and she's amazing. Um, she do dudes. Yeah. Hair. Uh huh. She, and uh woman's hair, but she's most mostly focused. Like she's like a barber rock dudes hair. Uh, yeah. Dudes in rock. Yeah. Like myself. Yeah, she'll I don't be. have a steady person. Yeah, come to. I mean, she does. She we're we're converting our um, dining room into a uh, hair podcast studio. studio. No. Into <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'd be cool upstairs. Um, but yeah, she's. This has been a dream of hers, and we're we're at a point now where she can do that. Okay. So yeah, just come come over to our house, man. Get your okay. hair cut. Yeah, she's awesome, man. She's she's so cool. Um, All right, so sorry, I didn't mean no. to sidetrack. So she was like, I'm not outing her if she doesn't want to. Like, no, I don't she, want to get into anything that's going to make anybody mad. Uh, but was she, you guys were like a party. You go out, have some cocktails, have some drinks, yeah, stay she, out late. Well, she's an introvert. So she would like, she's like, you go do your thing. Okay. And I'm just going to be at the house. Um, but I, I'm a, I'm an extrovert. I love people. So I was, I'm, I was always out, you know. But but that life, um, I think I did it a lot, a lot to just to be around people and community and stuff like that. But then I realized there's yeah, bars. There's a downward. Yeah. You start yeah. to fall down this little slope and I'm like, ah, eh, it's not actually for me. Uh, so I backed away and just came extremely focused on, on, uh, on the music and the career in my career, you know, what scene were you falling into when you came here? Like you said, you played with that band and they mm-hmm. broke up, but were you, where were you playing? Like, what was the, uh, well, like all the going worst on bars in 2015? Yeah. We're, we're playing like, uh, we'd go out to like Midland and play out there yeah. and some bars. It was just, it was, it was, Who was not booking fun. it. You guys. And what was the original music? 
mostly original yeah um uh i forget who was booking it but they did a terrible job and that was the reason i was like i was like i'm i'm out man because the thing is like i said i I absorb things so i I see things going down very quickly and i'm like i don't like here's the solution that i i know will work you know because i seen this person do it so let's get in caught we might have to invest some money to do you know x y and z but it'll get us out of playing for four hours and making you know uh, you know, three hundred bucks right, for a, right. a, a five-member band, you know, and we're playing five hours away from our house. Like, you know, let's let's figure this out because it's not it's not like the best business model. So, and, uh, and so that was the the biggest thing that like pulled me away from it. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, yeah, you know, uh, I maybe this worked in the '60s and '70s, but like things have progressed, and like there's different ways to do stuff now. Yeah, um, and so. No one listened to what I was saying, so I was like, I, "I'm, I'll just fine, I'll do it for 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 myself, you know, in a solo career." Um, but we, I, I don't even know the bars we were playing, man. They were just like some random places. Do you do you play with in that thing that that uh, what's it? It's, it's like some kind of wedding band. Oh I, no, I don't do wedding you bands. Don't? No, uh, uh-uh. I mean, because there's one that Dave like ran. Dave share. Oh really. I don't know. And some friends of mine, like I'm in this band, Skyrocket. Do you know that? It's it's a it's no. a cover band. I um so I don't I have nothing against them, and I've been asked to be in a lot, a few of the the um. I'm in one, and I have that sticker up there. <laughs> nice. So yeah, no, but I I I just I can't. I don't know, man. I I don't know if you get this from me, but I just cannot be. I cannot like I have to be authentic to me fully. Yeah, like yeah. I, I can't I I'm down. If I'm gonna sing a cover, it's gonna sound like Joe James. Like Joe James. Sure, yeah. Sure. Like we do come together, you know, and we do a Tedeschi Trucks song and like yeah. but it just sounds like me and everyone's like, you, you know, oh man, how'd you come up with that that version? Like what'd you do? I'm like, I just this I think I'm playing it that way. Like, yeah, yeah. I think I'm covering it. You right. Know? I, I have that. This band Skyrocket, everyone's very good and, and it can be very true. But I know exactly what you mean. Those guys, when they do it, like they adopt an accent of the person singing right, and all yeah. that stuff. And it like I just I can't do that. I mean, I have nothing against it. You know, I have a lot of friends in, in wedding bands and cover bands, and I've been asked to be in there. But I'm like, look, guys, I'm not. Well, you got be, so you're such a great singer. I'm like, you I'm know not, what I mean, and like, that's what they want. They yeah, want so you me need to a sing, really great and singer. Like, and also shred. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do because I think they see me do it with my stuff, and they're like, that's so appealing, and they're like, oh, that you sound great. You're not going to bring that level I'm of soul gonna, to. I'm not going to bring it the Motown to, review. Exactly, I can't. Yeah. I won't. I won't. I won't be able to do it. And that's cool, man. I, yeah. I was like that. I mean, I was. I was like that. I remember walking, uh, like in the '90s, early '90s. Yeah. Uh, uh, walking down 6th Street, there's a place, Maggie Mays, and I remember it, it wasn't, 6th uh, Street wasn't littered with cover bands. It was mostly oh, like original bands. Yeah. But here's this cover band. I remember stopping on the way to my gig on Thursday nights, and I would look at this band through the window and be like, I'm never, if, I, if that, if that, I'm never, I'll quit before I have to do that. Yeah. But I actually like doing it, and I've actually cool. become a better musician from it, and, and it's, really nice to get paid sure yeah when you go play gigs like know, in a man. way that you're like wow this is like really awesome you know yeah yeah i mean in the, in the, that thing too i know there's good money and but i've just been i feel like i've been extremely blessed with certain companies that that are hiring me specifically for me you Dude, know you, and it's you just you should run with yeah it. exactly i will for it. yeah i, I yeah. will and i yeah. mean you know 
I making really good money just like and sometimes I'm glorified wallpaper sure, at some of these of but course. I'm like yo like it, it gives me time to, to set up our, you know the showcases and all of these things and so yeah I've, I feel extremely blessed that that, that that's happened do you do like the airport and stuff yeah do I do, do that kind of stuff yep okay. do that no I have a few some co- wineries uh, I haven't in a while um, but I've done a few I have these few companies that put on events these big events and they're like we want to hire some authentic Austin musician. Yeah. And I'm like, and they're like, Oh, that's Joe, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so I'll come out and I'll play and, you know, the, and people ignore you, but you're making a couple grand. You're like, sweet man, you know? Shit. Yeah. dude. Yeah. That's... So it's, 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 it's working out, man. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for it. Yeah. So, all right. So Joe, you, you're living here in Austin. You had put out that Joe James EP, which by the way is good too. Thank you, man. Um, it's not as exciting production. No, no offense to whoever produced it, even if it no, was no you. problem. It's, yeah. it's definitely like the new one. Like it's it, the new one. Like jumps out of speakers. Like it's it's like mm-hmm. oh, this could like you can put this on the radio in between two songs, and it it wouldn't it you wouldn't lose you wouldn't lose fidelity. Yeah. In well, anyway, which well, is no good, man. Yeah. That and that's that. I I love to hear that because I mean you. I want to. I want this one to be better than the last one. Sure, of course. You know and. My buddy Eli Menezes uh, is a huge part of that. He's the one who produced um, this brand new album, Found My Way, and uh, he played bass. And he played bass, bass, yeah. And he's just—he's a fantastic musician. He's very extremely musical and creative. So working with him, I, I explained to him, and he—he's a—he's he, uh, also a follower of, of Christ as well. So he's like, we connected in that point uh, on on that but then he got my vision and my my story and what I, how i wanted to tell that not only with uh my vocal melody and the lyrics but also sonically so when i was explaining like gritty blues club and gospel church he's like yeah i know the sounds and the chords and sure, the, everything sure. that that we can make that happen yeah, yeah and he was he's brilliant man i I'm, i couldn't have picked a better uh person to to produce that album man he killed yeah. it yeah. Couldn't have gotten a better keyboard player for this record than oh, John D's. D's on keys, yeah. That guy's fucking great. Oh, I know. He's I don't so think good. I know him very well, but I've seen him on a lot of stuff and I'm always he's like He's the best, man. Yeah. And he's also he's also a believer too, man. He's a man of, of faith as well. So like it's just all of these guys and it was organic. I didn't go out like searching right, for right. Um but he was when I first came back to the faith, uh, John D's was uh, one that that reached out to me and was like really pouring into me. And, uh, he means a lot to me more, more spiritually than like musically. So, but so it made sense for him to be, you don't mind if I steal him. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta ask Gary. Um, but yeah, he was, he's amazing, man. He's, and he did a hell of a job on, on keys on that. And he played at the, the release show. We just did uh, a release show at Antone's and yeah, you know, we, we just had such a blast, man. And the word uh, that everyone kept throwing out there, like all the fans that came out um, and the band, we were just like, it was just joy. It was like a joyous night. We just had so much fun. That's like great. we had a, um, we have a set list, or we have a list, we have a show, we have a, a produced show. You know, we have, we go out there and we, you know, we take people on a journey. But this night was just, you know, everyone was on, on cloud yeah, nine. Yeah, yeah. We were high, man. We were just like, floating you know the whole room was elevated it was, it was a beautiful time 
Yeah, it's Scott Strickland. I like him. Oh, I love, I love he's Scott. Also, he's also a man of faith. He is. I just talked to him on the way over here. You did? Yeah. Did he say, look out for that guy? <laughs> he's like, look out for that dude. <laughs> that Johnny, man. You know, uh, no, he, yeah, he's a, he's a great guy, man. He's, he's uh, one of my best friends. And that's the thing, too. And I always, I always uh, talk to, to artists, some like uh, upcoming artists here in Austin, you know, that, that are, are, are coming up and, asking about how'd you how'd you find these guys how'd you find how are you friends with this guy how are you have this guy in your band and it's or it's really organic man I, I don't i don't i don't do anything uh you know out of selfish ambition truly i just i just love people i love my friends i love this community um and we a lot of them were just friends before they they ask can i play bass Sure. You know, and I'm never like, oh, play bass so I can be you have the best bass player and guitar yeah, right, player, or right. keys player. It's just like, I don't really give a shit. You know, we could just hang out forever and you'll never. My one of my best friends is Michael Davila, who's one of the most killer, killer drummers. in oh, town. yeah. He hasn't we haven't played on a gig together ever. Oh, we play at church sometimes, but like I've never Plays asked. With Swissim, right? Yeah. 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 I just uh, saw, I just did a gig at Emo's a couple weeks ago. Oh, cool. Some kind of thing. Oh, right. Yeah. The, and the, uh, Eric Johnson was there. And and Eric the, Johnson. Yeah, I right? got up and sang a couple of songs, but he was, that was the first time I ever met him was there. He's, he's a killer, man. And like, and, and we, he's never played on a Joe James gig and maybe he never will. Maybe he will. Who knows? But like. I just love him as a friend, yeah. you know? And so I just tell people like, just, you know, just be real, you know, you don't have to, to try to, to, you know, that's yeah. I worked with Austin music foundation, that same kind of thing. Like people would come in for consultations and like, Hey, I've been emailing these people to go to be at their gig and they are to open for them at a gig. They won't write me back. And I'm like, have you ever gone to see their band? Like, no. Yeah, man. Well, you're now you're just a stranger asking for a favor. Like right. why do they have, they don't have to write you back. You're just some guy going like, hey, do me a favor. You don't know me, but I need a favor. I know. Exactly, and, man. And there's nothing disingenuous. You want to be a musician. You want to hang out with musicians. Go see musicians. And if they're good, go up and tell them they're good. Don't you yeah. like it when other musicians come up and go like, hey, I'm a guy that does what you do. You're really good. What, exactly. You want to, you know. It's be per personable. That's the thing is I think it's a lot of like, how, can, human. how can I climb up this ladder quickly and i don't care if you know if we have a personal relationship i'm just going to use you because you know this person or whatever and like for me i don't i don't give a i don't care about any right. of that yeah, yeah, yeah. like and, and that's not why i live i don't live for music that's the thing for me like my my i music is not my identity it's a part of me but it's not fully who i am how old are you i'm uh 35 well yeah. It's still pretty young to discover that. Yeah, <laughs> man. And like that. I mean, did you, you didn't always think that though. No, you? no. Music was okay. my everything okay. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, two yeah. and a half years ago yeah, yeah. until it wasn't. So, okay. So what happened? Two and a half years ago, your wife got sick. Uh, no, no, no. This is when I, uh, I, I, I had a mental breakdown. So I, everything was going well. We just released the, uh, the album back home, uh, 2020 happened, that whole thing, which I think was a huge factor in, in the mental breakdown. So 2021. You drinking through 2020? Yeah. yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. And so 2021, uh, I just had this, like I hit rock bottom. Like my, I, my, every, every, everything that meant something to me meant nothing to me. And life was completely hopeless. So I fell into this really dark place where I'm like, nothing matters. 
nothing matters anymore. Like I, the, what I found, I used to find hope in music. I used to find hope in this, but now I don't have hope anymore. I don't, I don't care. Did this come on gradually or opening? It was probably one day you were in this position and you're like, Oh God, this is what it's come to. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, it was, it was a slow process, but I was so focused on becoming like a rock star that I didn't really, uh, that's where all my, my energy went. God, isn't that weird? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so that was all, (laughs) I know, (laughs) but that was all my energy was just like focused on that. Like, how do I make it big? How do I, how do I use people to climb up the ladder? It was all of that stuff. Like, I just want, I want to be it, you know? And, and I just, I was just focused on, on that, you know, and, and, and there was a lot of things that were slipping through the cracks, you know, my, my, my mental health, my addictions that I had, you know, and my marriage and all of these things. If you don't mind, what were your addictions? Uh, drinking yeah. and, and, and prescription pills. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and so trying to get numb. Yeah, of course. Trying yeah, to get trying check to, out of the thing. And I had a lot of stuff that happened to me when, uh, when I was younger, you know, like some sexual abuse and stuff like that. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, man. And so I like that in growing up in the church, if I'm being honest, like growing up in the church was, 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 you know, it, it, it took a toll on my spiritual and mental health, you know? And so, um, deal, I never dealt with any of that. And so I just buried it just kept uh, going. and just kept numbing it. And I kept going and I kept, you know, trying to become this because becoming famous takes all of that away. Right. That's the truth. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you become famous, and that it's, takes everything away. It all away. goes away. <laughs> you can afford all the pills and booze you want. Right, right. And yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you have all the money, that oh my will God. make you Thank happy. Thank God you found yourself before. I, I know, man, and I'm some, so you know. fortunate. And I always tell everyone I'm, I'm extremely fortunate to, that that happened, you know, where I had this turnaround. I, there was months, though, for me where I was, I was completely just hopeless and you know thoughts of suicide and i was done i was like i'm i'm i don't care about music and it was just a, a extremely dark time man until until it wasn't and that was the the big turnaround for me is i um what what turns something like that around though because right now there's somebody listening for sure that's like yeah what like i'm in that thing i'm in yeah. this in this sinking thing how do i pull the nose up of the plane before i crash into the earth <laughs> well first off i will say that don't expect it to be a light switch. That's the thing. I think a lot sure. of people want a quick fix. That's why there's antidepressants. That's why there's alcohol. That's why there's all these things that you yeah. like. It's it's very and it obviously doesn't work. And it doesn't work. You it, still it, hit. Yeah. You still hit a bottom. Right. Exactly. With all that great so, shit you had. <laughs> exactly. And so I mean, I, I, I always, I want to let people know. I want to. I want to be real. It's like it. It takes work, and it, it's not a quick light switch, and you're fine. You know. Uh, but for me, the big turnaround, of course, like this album, is is my faith. And I, I was at this point where I was just, I I didn't believe in, in God anymore. I didn't believe in, like, I didn't want anything to do with Christians or church or any of that. I, it was all, you know, it was all bullshit to me. I was like, I, I don't want, I don't even want to, like, if people come talk to me about it, I'm like, get, get away from me. Um but I was on uh, a trail with my, my dog and I, we were walking and, and all these thoughts are going through my head. Like, what's the point? It's hopeless. And uh, I was like, well, I'll try one more thing. The one thing I swore I wouldn't try again because of the people, you know, the Christians and, and the bad examples that some of the, the church, 
you know, uh, that was very jaded. So I was like, I so I ended up calling, crying out, uh, to God. And I was like, you know, if, if you're real, like help me. And I remember, and I've never told this story on, a, on, on an interview or a podcast or anything. So, and I, I started, I was, I, I screamed that out. People probably thought I was crazy, but I was just walking and 30, 40 minutes go by and nothing thoughts are still pouring in my head. And I'm like, you know, man, this, I guess this is it. Like I'll, I'll, when I get home, I'll, I guess I'll figure out how to end all of this, you know? Um, and then my thoughts completely quiet. They were completely silenced. And I heard the still small voice say, I'm here. And it hit me. And I'm not kidding, Johnny, like, like, like a car and I fell to my knees and I cried, but in all the, the voices and everything came back and, um, and they all came back, but I held on to that hope. That's the hope I held on to. And I was like, Oh, there is some, there's something greater. And like, I, I held on to that and I started leaning into that relationship and I started, you know, I started praying and I started meditating. I started working. I lit, let all of the other stuff go and I started really focusing on 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 that and that saved my entire life and I I, 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 I say to this day like I will I will follow you until I'm on to eternity because that right there saved my marriage saved my life saved my music saved everything and I'll 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 I'll, I'll, I'll tell that I'll remember that for the rest of my life here on earth that's really powerful Sorry, it's emotional. No, man. Like, that's some heavy shit, man. Yeah, it was really heavy, man. And I mean, and again, not a light switch. It wasn't no, quick. No, no, no. Yeah, no. and it was, but it was that that moment when, when my 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 God spoke to me and, and said, I've been here. I've just been waiting for you, you know, see to seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I think that point I, I was seeking with all my heart. Cause I had nothing left. And so at that point there was no, nothing getting in the way of that. <clears throat> and I, I, I was seeking with my whole entire being. And that was the moment, you know, and man, it was, um, and here we are like two and a half years later and I'm, and it was, I'm, I'm the best I've ever been spiritually, mentally, physically, uh, because I, I, I laid all of that down that day on that walking trail, you know, you surrendered, I surrendered yeah, everything, yeah. you know, and I denied myself. And I, that day I pick up the, picked up my cross and I started following. Um, and, and that was, it was huge, man. And I mean, again, and I'm not, and I've never want to try to preach out anyone cause that's not my, that's you know not what I'm here to do. But no, I, I don't think I, you are. I think you're just telling your story. I'm just telling what what God has done for me, and and if that touches you and you want and someone wants to talk more about it, I'm always open. But I mean, I'm never going to push it on anybody. But I will let you know why I am the way I am. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a practice? Like I know I know Scott goes to a church. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I have. Um, well, and that's the thing too is that it, I think we fall into traditionalism. Yes, I have a, I have a, a church of of um, 
a church that I attend every Sunday and, and lead worship, which that worship band is, is like crazy as a Sean Giddings who plays with Pat Green and like uh, Mike Davila on the drums. And my buddy gets uh, Eli who produced the album plays guitar there. It's like the sickest band in the world. But, um, but we, um, it's called life family downtown and it's held in three ten. So it's held in, oh, yeah. it's held inside of a you know music venue. So it was very familiar for me to walk I, into that. I go by there with Rosie and Jack, because uh, Jack, who works there, oh Jack, yeah, has yeah. the has the treats and the water out there for the dogs. So we always right. put that as part I of our walk Jack, on man. Sundays when we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've, I've been by there. Yeah, yeah, man, okay. and, and they're and they're great people. That's um, that's uh, definitely my community. But it's it's the practice is more. Uh, Outside of Sundays, you know, I think sure, Sundays sure, is course. where it pour you. They, you know, you get to pour into each other, but the real practice and the practice of the Holy Spirit and in in is is every single day, every single hour. I prayed before I got here. I prayed this morning. I, I jogged and I prayed. You know, I, I I mean, my wife do devotionals every morning, and 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 we get from these the scripture, the biblical scriptures, like. You know this and encouragement and conviction and enlightening and and like all of these things that you know and we, it's a practice it's an everyday thing that 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 we've been doing from that that moment till today and I've watched it reshape my life and also reshape hers. Um, but yeah, we definitely have a a a, a body, a community of, of people, and that's life family downtown, which um it's like the coolest folks, man. Like it's uh. My, do you know a guy named Lou Apollo? He's a guitar player around town. Mm. Cool dude. Great, great uh, singer songwriter, a blues guy. Um, but he started attending, so he's going there now. So you got all like these, like, you know, musicians. Like a rock scene. The, yeah, the the church looks cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all dressed, you know. I remember when I was a, a teenager, I lived here, and I guess I was like fifteen or something, and we. Uh... 15 or 16 and we went to uh my mom started going to the uh what's the super hippy dippy liberal one the, the uh, i don't i'm really drawing a blank on people's know, names uh, today the, is it riverbend no uh, no 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 it's the uh unity unity, the unity okay, church yeah. but it was like 1984 or something like that right and uh you'd go in there and it was like joe ely and jerry jeff walker and like they, oh cool yeah yeah <laughs> it's like it's like this scene that was yeah that's funny like, yeah, this is the right church with the right place <laughs> all the cool dudes are here that's great <laughs> yeah but yeah, it's de- it's definitely important. I found that because um, to be honest, I I went into to um, life family uh, and my the campus pastor there, Derek, um, will tell you I I went in there judging every sure. single thing, sure. you know, because I was so jaded by the church growing up, and they were just great. Like he was great. We went out and had coffee. He would come to the Continental and watch us, and it was, I was like, pastor coming into the club, like what the heck is going on? But so it was like. But it, it it really showed us a, a new way, you know, yeah. which was really beautiful, man. I love Life Family downtown. They're great, man. That's great, man. Yeah. What a great, this is a great story. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only one I and can your tell. And w- your wife got into it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, and that was another thing as well. I remember calling a friend of mine because she was like, you're crazy. You know? I mean, it was like, now my husband's a Jesus freak. Yeah. You know like, what I mean? My, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. She was like, my husband's a Jesus freak and he's crazy. And yeah. I'm, yeah. And it was like that for a while. I can see and, that. And I remember calling a friend of mine, uh, 
and and talking to a friend of mine named uh, Matt New, and we were on The Voice together. We did The Voice thing. Uh, and at that time, I wanted nothing to do with church or the church people or God. And he was uh, he, he was a Christian. They were going to church. They were having chapel in, in the hotel. And he was like, Joe, you got to come. And I was like, you kiss my ass, dude. I'm not going there. Yeah. Um, and But we start, we connected after the fact. And I remember asking him, like, what do I do? Like, uh, what do I do? Like, she's she wants nothing to do with it. And I'm, like, fully committed. Like, uh, God spoke to me. And, like, I, 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 I know, like... God is real and I'm going to follow. And I'm like, like I had that moment. I, I will never, I'll follow for the rest of my life. And he's like, what do you mean? What are you doing? And I was like, like, do I, am I supposed to leave her now? Like what she, yeah. you know, and he's like, no, no, love her, like love her. And, and, you know, pray for her. Don't force anything on her. And like, eventually if she wants to, she'll, she'll come along. You know, I'm like, really? I don't have to like, you know, beat her over the head with a Bible? Are you kidding? He's like, no, like just pray for her, you know, be an example, like love her. And that's all you need to do. What what else do you have to do? And I'm like, okay. And I did. And eventually she's like, you know, I, I watched her starting to be interested in, in these things and, you know, asking questions. And then, and then she had this real like breakdown moment where like she had a big depression and then, I watched that completely transform and her blossom into what she is right now. Wow. You know? So it was just, it was very like my whole life is that like organic type of thing, you know, and it just happened all that, you know, happened very organically and, and in the right time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, <laughs> you know, and you made a bitchin' record. And I made a bitchin' record, too, yeah. <laughs> to so, boot. Like. If anything, man, like, thank you, God, for for letting me, giving me the story to make this, you know, amazing record. Yeah. Um, I know that you're doing a show later this week or something. But, uh, uh, this won't be coming out for a few weeks, so. Okay, no, we actually, uh, we could pro- promote a show. Um, yeah, what do you got? Uh, it's later in the year, December sure. 8th. We'll be at Saxon Pub. Dave Shear and Joe James doing a Oof. double, double uh, headline and gig. Fest. Yeah, I know, man. It's I love. Good I one. love Dave Shear. Man, I'm like the biggest fan of Dave Shear. Don't tell him that. Well, yeah, tell him that. But uh, I saw him when I first got to town. Uh, I got asked to play this event at the Gatsby on Sixth, which is closed now. Uh-huh. Um, and it was they. It was like this weird music and wine pairing thing, and so they. It was like me doing a duo set with acoustic on the bottom with this like light wine, and then Dave Sheer Trio was on the 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 second floor doing his you know rocking thing, and then yeah. they had Beetroot Revival on the uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the third, oh, so yeah. they're pairing wine with that, and so I had no clue who Dave you know or Beetroot or any of these guys were, which they're all now like really good friends of mine. So I go up and I'm watching Dave after my set blew me away like i completely i was like i was like who is this and i need an autograph after and i was like i was completely fangirling and uh i remember releasing um some music and i had him play on this song called gypsy soul um well i had him in mind and i was i was such a fangirl that i was like does anyone know that guy did share and and i was like because i want him to play guitar but i don't know if he'll even play guitar on my record like you know, on this album or on this uh, song. 
And they're like, yeah, he'll play guitar. Just ask him. And I'm like, really? He'll play guitar? Someone gave me his number, and I was like, I felt weird having his number. It was the funniest thing, man. But now we're, like, really great friends. And I always tell him that story. And I'm like, I'm still, like, you know, your, your biggest fan. Like, I, he's amazing. Yeah, he is amazing. Great songwriter, singer. And then, of course, he's, he does things with that guitar that. Great drummer, too, man. Yeah, great drummer, yeah. piano player, bass player. He just play, he played bass with us a couple uh, like a month and a half ago, uh, my guitar or my bass player couldn't make the gig, and and again I was so like nervous to text him. Like I actually texted him and asked him if he knew a bass player, and I was like, "Do you know a bass player?" And he was like, "Yeah, me." And I was like, "I'm not gonna have you play bass on while uh, I'm and playing then he guitar. has to watch you play lead yeah, guitar." I'm like, "Hell oh, no, like, dude! Fuck that! Are you crazy?" But he did, yeah, yeah. and it was the most he's intimidating cool. thing, dude. He was he's a a, you know, amazing bass player as well. Um, but yeah, so we're doing that December 8th, Joe James and Dave share. You're going to have Ben Jones come out and sing. I hope so. I love Ben Jones. Me man. too, man. It's a talented cat. Oh man, he is. I, I love that guy. And I did his Paul McCartney birthday thing with him. Oh really? And then he asked me to do a John Lennon birthday thing with him. And then I was, I was like, I was in the middle of learning all these songs for Skyrocket, and I did all these shows with Fastball, so I was in the middle of learning their songs, too. And I was like, I don't want to learn any songs. Yeah, like song overload. No, Ben Jones is so great, man. I remember uh, we were doing a Sonic Guild, formerly Black Fret. We were doing an event for them, and Ben was at this event, and he was so encouraging, man. Like, he came up afterward, and he was like, you know, I don't don't believe in God. You know, I don't have that type of faith that you do. He's like, but you whatever you did tonight like took me to church and i cried and like yeah, yeah. there was a whole experience and i was like oh man like and he was like keep keep doing that and i was like i i will like it's awesome keep doing it yeah ben jones is awesome man if i'm supposed to play in new york on december 7th but if i'm back by december 8th i'll go to that show yeah because I'd, I'd love to see you live and and man i've really this has been great you brought me to tears oh man story and everything it's just you really uh Really moving story, really cool guy. And again, a, just such a great record. People need to check this out. Found my way. Go to joejamesmusic.com. What's your wife's name? Chelsea. Chelsea. She's a good person. Oh, she's, yeah, she's I even a know. rock. Yeah, she's amazing. She's nice. Also, get those, get the blade ready. Because I like blade cuts. I don't want to All scissors. right, dude. Yeah. Heck yeah. Cuts by Chels, man. She's, she's going to be doing it. All right. Um, is there anything else? I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff I'm missing. I'm glad we finally met and everything. Me too. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me, Johnny. This is this is cool. I, yeah. I love this stuff. Again, I'm I'm a personable guy. I love I love people. So I'm like I love sitting down and talking. And, yeah, me too. Yeah. So this is great. Yeah, I know you made a whole thing out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I made a show out of it. But yeah, man. I mean, yeah. Just uh, you can keep up to date with me on uh, JoeJamesMusic.com. J O J M E S Music. Um, and we'll have some, some cool things coming, uh, next year, a lot of festivals and, and a lot of, of, uh, cool things happening, which I'm excited for. Good. So yeah, just, uh, come on the journey with me. Check out this record found my way. It's gorgeous. Great record. Yeah. Enjoy it. Thanks dude. Oh, thanks man. So come on down to the river, bay. Gang, that was Joe James. Always great talking to that dude. What a fantastic, fantastic conversation. I really enjoyed it. I really did. I hope you did. Found My Way is the record. Get out there and check it out. Go to joejamesmusic.com for all of your Joe James needs. I want to thank Joe for doing the show. Hopefully we'll get to hang out soon. 
talk some stuff, talk more deep stuff. Bring him back on the show. I liked him, man. I like talking to him. Hey, gang, don't forget when you're out there checking out JoeJamesMusic.com, you can subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you find podcasts, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Overcast, anywhere, man. New shows every Tuesday and every Friday. A lot of Saturday nights, late at night, we drop a From the Vault episode because we have so many episodes, so many new listeners. All right? Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to rate us. Don't forget to uh, let us know how you're doing. All right, everyone, have a great week. Whatever it is you're doing, let's get down. So oh, yeah.